Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. It is an important topic we at least need to keep an eye on. Uh, we have weeks and months of fun and exciting things coming to the debt ceiling discussions. More on that later. Let's also talk about Fed speak. What is going on? Should we be concerned? What are they saying? We will talk about money market accounts and something I was very surprised to hear yesterday, and I think you will be as well. We will also talk about a Harvard economics professor who is forecasting almost a synchronous decline in housing markets around the world. I have never seen anything like it. I have looked in history and I have not seen a global synchronous housing correction. It's 10%, so not quite a crash, but I think it is very interesting. We will talk about that. We'll talk about some earnings. And then finally, we got unemployment claims, weekly unemployment claims this morning, and they were shocking, shocking. So we will close on that discussion. So let's get into it. The debt ceiling. Get ready for weeks and probably months of scary headlines and consternation going on in the market. We have heard about just on since this channel has been around for the last four years, pretty consistent drumbeat about the debt ceiling. Every nine months or so, we hear about the debt ceiling. We hear about Congress doing whatever they do. And boom, bango, last minute, they come in and, you know, sign an accord or a ruling. Unfortunately, I think this time will be different. I believe this time in all of the debt ceiling discussions will be far more like 2011. Now, a lot of you may not understand why 2011 is important, but we need to understand that the Congress could not agree. And what ultimately happened is U.S. uh, dollar was downgraded. Yes. With the threat of non-payment, with the threat of not paying our quote-unquote credit card, the U.S. dollar debt was downgraded. That is the stupidity that occurred in 2011, and it is a fear that I have today. It's not overarching. It's not going to keep me up at night. But given the pain that it took to get, I think it was McCarthy through the House, right, took 15 votes. I think there is enough division that this is not going to be your normal negotiations. It will be tense. And let me be clear, this could be a self-inflicted disaster. It could. I'm not saying it will. I'm not saying it's probable. I'm saying it's possible. And it would be unfortunate. But yeah, lot, lots more noise, a lot more noise coming. And I am a, I'm 
not feeling good about our elected officials coming to an agreement uh, easily. But uh, yeah, more on that as we learn more. Let's talk about the Fed. We had some Fed speak yesterday. And let's remember on this channel, I've, I've tried to educate you and have you understand that the Fed has two tools to talk down the market, to talk down consumers. One is Fed funds rate. We get an increase every six weeks or so. Uh, our next one is coming February 1st. I have called a quarter point for, or 25 basis points for, I don't know, six months. So I haven't changed my opinion. We're going to get it. In fact, the market is pricing in 94.3% chance of a quarter point. So the market is where you and I have been for six months. But that said, their most effective tool, the tool that they use frequently is their voice, is the podium, is the title. For example, St. Louis Fed President James Bullard, who, oh, by the way, is a non-voting voting member this year. So take that, take his thoughts with a grain of, grain of salt. He prefers to stay more aggressive, and he just wants to get to the terminal rate faster. James Bullard, if he had his wish, would clearly go 50 basis points. Then we have Philly President Patrick Hawker. He prefers the slow and steady route. Also, Fed President Mester wants to get to terminal rate faster, much like Bullard. Again, we need to listen to Powell. Whenever Powell gets the podium, I think we should listen to that. I think we, we should listen to all of them. But let's be clear. They all are using their voice. And as I have hopefully helped you understand, we are going to see division. Up until this point, the Fed has been basically in unison. I think there was one meeting where there was one dissension. I believe meetings going forward after February 1st, you will see a split. The March 14th Fed funds rate increase, which I am calling again 25 basis points, I don't think will be unanimous. That's just where we are. The Fed will break apart as we get closer to the terminal rate. As we were points behind terminal rate, of course, they're all going to be on the same page. But as we get closer, you're going to see them divide. And that'll be something to watch. Record cash. So something that I learned yesterday that was shocking to me is money market accounts. And let me get the exact numbers for you. Money market accounts have a record balance at the close of December. At the close of December, money market accounts were reported to have $4.814 trillion. Now, money market accounts aren't quite savings and checking, but they are pretty close. They are considered liquid. They are also a vehicle to earn interest, higher interest than savings and checking, probably why they are seeing such a large cash infusion. Just to show you why I was shocked by this, do you guys remember May of 2020? May of 2020, the world had shut down. Everyone was scared. Everybody ran to cash. We exceeded that record. In May of 2020, money market accounts accounted for $4.79 trillion. 
That was the last record. And again, what did we just do in December? 4.81. I believe that's meaningful. It could mean a couple of things. One, plenty of dry powder for assets when they go on sale. Two, people now are earning 3.5% in their money market accounts. Why buy stocks? Maybe. It could also mean people are retreating because they are scared. I don't know what the right answer is, and it pro- frankly, is probably a collection of all three. But yes, money market accounts have a record cash reserve that will either A, be reserves for life expenses, could be dry powder for deals, could just be, hey, I want 6% in, on my return, but I can get 35 in money market, so be it. Lots of stuff going on there. Worldwide housing crash. I have not seen any articles like this, so I want to give a shout out to Kenneth Rogoff. He, again, is a Harvard professor of economics. He says over the next two years, the global property market, including the U.S., will fall 10%. He believes as central banks around the world get religion and take their rates higher. He believes that the entire housing market is levered and needs an adjustment. I have only studied the U.S. housing market in detail, very, very, very casually elsewhere. I don't see interconnectivity very often. In order to get a 10% global reduction in property values, I think we would need a global recession, not a rolling recession. I think it would need to be global, but I thought it was an interesting article. Um, I saw, I didn't see a lot of concrete numbers. It was a lot of arm waving in theory, but you know, I thought it was an interesting mental exercise for me to go through. So I don't agree. I haven't seen it. I don't know if there's been one. I'll probably go back and look at the Great Depression. I did not, but see if there was a global property route then. I don't know, but we'll see. Earnings. So we got some earnings, and really earnings kick off next week, so pay attention to that. But we got uh, earnings from Procter & Gamble. Procter & Gamble uh, beat earnings but missed on revenue. Uh, They had year-over-year declines in revenue and profit. They're basically saying we are raising prices but selling fewer units. Uh, So I expect their stock to be down. Discover beat top line, beat bottom line, but had a large reserve for bad debt. It is very clear that financial institutions, credit card institutions are battening down the hatches. But remember, just like we talked about in 2020, banks do this to manage earnings. There are banks that will over-reserve And if we have a shallow or, dare I say, rolling recession, it is very likely that they are over-reserved and they will let go of these things in a year or a year and a half. But right now, they are all retreating. They are all showing bad numbers. They are all building their kitty. So uh, it will be interesting to look at. And then one more, Alcoa. Alcoa missed earnings, actually had a net loss because of higher energy costs and higher raw materials. 
And then finally, let's talk about weekly unemployment claims. I keep highlighting this. One thing you and I can look at every Thursday morning, what is going on in the job market? Now, again, these are weekly. They're kind of variable, but damn it, it's the best thing that you and I can look at weekly. In order for the Fed to continue winning, unemployment claims need to go up. They have been averaging below 225 for a long, long time. I believe these will ultimately have to get to 250, 275, and yes, over 300,000 new unemployment claims for the Fed to feel like they're winning. So what happened today? Well, good news. We didn't get anything in the 200s. We actually got something in the 190. We got 190,000 new claims. Way, way, way below expectations way below trend. It was a number that the Fed looks at and goes, not enough. So I expect what will go on in the market today is again, I think the market is starting to understand the Fed's message, higher for longer. Fed speak. I think we have a couple more Fed presidents speak today. They, they will be hawkish. They will talk tough. That's what they're supposed to do, right? They want to see market conditions come in. But again, weekly unemployment claims falling to 190 grand, probably not what the Fed wanted to see. And then finally, folks, let's congratulate a one rental at a time follower. Got two deals. In fairness, one of them was about six or nine months ago, and I failed to send a card. So my apologies. But we do have two cards going out to and Keith and and Keita and Keith. Sorry, and Keith. I'm trying to. I can't even read my handwriting sometimes. Anyways, you are getting card number 47 and 48 of 1,000. The cards will go out in the mail today. I want to congratulate you for getting your deal. Like, subscribe, comment, become part of the One Rental at a Time family. Have an amazing day. Thursday, January 19th. Bye-bye.